When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The phone lines are alive and well on Warchan TV. We will be taking your calls shortly. Screener Terry is in the screener's room. He will get with you, and then we will pull you on the air. Gene, I'm interested. The callers sometimes zig when I expect them to zag (laughs) based upon the tenor. I wonder if tonight is going to be more about the big picture and the positive of the 10-win season or about some of the micro stuff tonight's game that was disappointing, like the defense, the tackling, and some of the other things that we saw rear their head. What do you think it's going to be tonight? I think we're going to be educated and uh, informed by our callers because I've been surprised this season. We have the best callers, and I listen to a lot of uh, shows, call-in shows uh, on satellite, terrestrial radio, those kind of things. And for the most part, they're idiots. (laughs) I'm sorry, but they are. But, man, we have the best, most informed, insightful callers. So I'm, I'm very curious. They've talked me off the ledge a couple times this season. They brought things to my attention that I didn't notice from a game. So I'm I'm kind of very curious to see. I think there's going to be a couple people that will be critical of the defense, and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, you yep. gave up – I mean, giving up 32 points to Oklahoma, I, you shouldn't have done that. I mean, that's without their – what both ta- both their tackles were out. There were starting Correct. freshmen. Yes. Um, I think the running back yes. declared, and he's not there. So, I mean, it just – I can see in the 20s, giving them up in the 30s, that's a plight on the defense, even without Fabian Lovett. So there's a problem there. But, you know, over that, everything else was overwhelmingly positive. So I think we'll I think we'll get mostly positive. But I, and, and I'm perfectly fine if somebody wants to be critical of the defense and, and Adam Fuller. But, you know, let's hear some reasons why. What can be done? What can yeah. be done not to fire? Adam Fuller's not going to be fired. Um, I know some people are going to say that. I get it. I understand it. I'm not being critical of you, but I'm just saying – that's probably not going to happen. So let's be constructive, figure out what does this defense need to do? Because if this defense is just pretty good next season with this offense, this team could go a long way and including winning a conference title next year. Yeah. Again, you've got two new defensive interior players coming to Florida state. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's Daryl Jackson from Miami. The other's Braden Fisk from Western Michigan. Uh, Daryl's moving home closer to home to deal with a family issue and is coming to Florida state. And then Fisk could have chosen Notre Dame or USC. And the USC's, number one defensive tackle in the portal. Yep, and Florida State got him. So you, you've got to be able to more consistently stop the run, and that'll be atop the that'll list. Help a lot. You might have some solutions there for the one hundred and thirteenth time on War Chant TV. We go to the seven five seven. We are talking to Gator Kirk. Gator Kirk is going to join the program in just a second. Gator, let me make sure that Gene and everybody else out there can hear you. Go ahead, Gator Kirk. Welcome to the show. Let's go, Knowles. Let's go, Gator Kirk. How are you guys doing this evening? 
We are doing all right. I'm feeling double digits kind of good, Gator Kirk. How are you feeling? Uh, disappointed in some of the defensive play, but a win's a win. Uh, lost lost some money on on the spread, but that's okay. Ten wins is better than nine. So you know, got to move forward, make adjustments, and go go from there. So my question is, what are you looking forward to next year, based with who we're bringing in and the transfers and everything else? Well, that's a broad question. Gator Kirk, I appreciate the uh, call. We'll come back to you in just a second. But I've got to bring Gene in here and then do a little movement. So, Gene, go ahead. What are you looking forward to the most? Well, first of all, I'm looking forward to crazy dynamic offense. I just can't even believe with those tight ends and, and Jordan coming back and and Benson coming back. We'll see about Treshawn Ward. Um, we think Johnny Wilson's coming back. I mean, there's still, I guess we, I don't think he's officially said he's coming back. Right, Tom? No, but he's at least signed with a collective. So that's a good sign. Really good sign that he's probably coming back. And you just think when he clean, if he can get rid of some of those drops mm-hmm. and clean up a little bit on his routes, my gosh, I mean, that kid, you saw just a glimpse of tonight, how good he can be. And I was, it looked like on that last time he might just push the guy to the ground. He was, I love the fight in him. Yep. that he has so that and then I'm looking to see what can the defense do I think the start like you mentioned those two guys coming in on the interior and a lot of people are asking about Fabian my understanding is Fabian at this point I'd say he was hurt um he wasn't going to play in the game I don't think that means he's not coming back we don't know that yet it hasn't been official to me I think it's I'd say it's better than 50 50 he's coming back from what I hear at this point but it, it's gone back and forth yeah uh, the last few weeks I heard for sure he was coming and then he was going and most recently I've said he's staying so you know we'll see if that sticks but man imagine if he comes back with those two guys coming back there you've got that you need to shore up some things at linebacker there's some things they need to do I think there's some things Adam Fuller needs to do defensively schematically to fix some of the problems we're having on that side of the ball so I'm very curious to see that defense needs to improve and I'm looking forward to what those additions will help on that side of the ball and man the sky's the limit Gator Kirk I mean you got to be excited about next season like I said this team has a shot to win the ACC and who knows? You win the conference, you got a shot to maybe. I wish. I really wish the twelve team playoff started. Yeah, three. So you got to crack the top four. But I don't think that is outside the realm of possibilities to win the ACC. No, it's not. It's not uh, out of the realm of the possibility, uh, Gene. Especially because there's no more divisions in the ACC. So if you take care of business in your non-conference, you get the win over LSU and Florida. Even if you have a blemish against Clemson, you lose to Clemson up Clemson. there, which is going to be tough. You get them again. You want you take care of business. You get them again. So that's a different wrinkle. So, Gator Kirk, let me bring you back in and ask you, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to how we're how we're building what we've done before. I mean, get J. Trav back, get a lot of offensive people back. Defense should be much better. I think we're going to show improvement with everyone we're bringing in. So, I I think we should be expecting nine plus wins next year and to keep on building on what we're doing. I mean, it's, you know, things are looking up, you know, this game is done. So let's, let's move forward. Y'all have a great night. I appreciate everything you do. Thanks for a great year. Everything y'all do for, for everyone. Go Knowles. See you in 2023. Good night. Good night. And happy new year to you, Gator Kirk. That's the man right there. 113th time on War He's a legend at Florida State, man. We appreciate your support, Gator Kirk, man. You're a good guy. 
Yes, he is. We now go across the Pacific out to Hawaii. We are talking to Spartan Old, a.k.a. Right. Ralph, one of our favorites, who will be in Orlando for the opener next year. We look forward to seeing him out there. What's going on, Ralph? Welcome to the program. Uh, aloha, guys. How's it? Uh, aloha to everyone out there. Uh, wow. You wouldn't want to end the season any other way, right? Yeah, big win, huge win, 10 wins. And you could see how much it meant to the players too, right? That uh, How appropriate was it that it came down the whole season, 10 wins, winning the bowl, came down to Fitz making a field goal and the defense making a stop? Mm -hmm. How appropriate was that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a season that he was beleaguered as an individual and for a night in which the defense was rightly criticized throughout, they did get the job done when it mattered, both of them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, beleaguered, hell, I even nicknamed him Fitzmiss halfway through the season because yes, he certainly did. earned that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just, I'm not going to take up your time. There's a lot of folks out there. Just what a game. What a season. Um, couldn't have been a better day. I know Marcus had an awful day, and I'm so sorry, brother. But today's Ingrid and my 27th wedding anniversary. We got a bowl victory. Saturday, I'll be 51. Mm. I mean, just what a week for me personally, and the guys really came through for me. So I love all you guys out there, and I cannot wait to see y'all for the block party in Orlando. I've already got our tickets uh, ordered. I love everybody out there, and I'm so happy for war. And I'll leave you guys with this thought. I am so happy that War Chant this year in the offseason is going to get to cover a team that's coming in with a lot of uh, excitement and fanfare and hope. The first time since I've been a part of the War Channel Hana since 2018. So I'm happy that you guys are going to have an off season of joy and excitement and, and you're going to want to talk about the potential of next year. So God bless all of y'all. Yeah, we appreciate it, Ralph. And Happy New Year. Happy anniversary to you. Uh, and uh, we look forward to going through this whole process together. Gene's not wrong. And Ralph's not wrong that we've been waiting for some time. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been on and off with Warchant over the years, Gene, dating back to even the national championship season in 2013. Well, this is my first go around on staff as a full-time guy where we get this kind of offseason, this kind of hype. And I can't wait for it. This is going to be ratcheted up tenfold more than it was, uh, you know, this past August. And people were excited this year. But it's going to go crazy all offseason for this football team. Yeah, it's a little selfish on our end, but it, it, we like it. It makes our job easier. It makes our job more fun, like anything else, man. You're in a business, and things are going well, and you're making a lot of money, and things are you're, everybody's jazzed up to go to work, and they do better. I mean, it's great for us, too, so sure. And we love it because it's great for the fans. I mean, it, there's so it's such a difference going into a season when, like we said, the sky's the limit for next year. You've got a, a realistic Heisman candidate coming in. you got a realistic chance to win the ACC. I, you know, you and I are the type where the degenerates like the gambling stuff. I can't wait to see the odds of Florida State winning the ACC, mm -hmm. the you know, the over-under on the wins, those kind of things. I'm really curious to see what they think of Florida State because I think it's going to be – it should be pretty high. And if you like that, Tom, we're up to 872 likes. We're getting close to that 1,000. Come on, guys. 16, hit, that, hit that thumb up. Get us to 1,000. 1,600-plus of you out there. Woo! Count it down. Three, two, one, mash the like. Thank you very much. We appreciate the support. It, it makes a difference. 
We wouldn't tell you to do this and be annoying yeah. about it if it didn't make a difference. It makes a big difference. So thank you so very much for your support out there. Subscribe to the channel. It's totally free. We now go out to the West Coast, not across the Pacific, but out to San Francisco. And we're going to bring in Jay. We talked to Jay, I believe, after Hell the yeah. Florida game. Looking forward to his thoughts on the game tonight. Jay, San Francisco, welcome to the program. Go ahead, sir, on a 10-win night. Hey, Tom. Yeah, I'm turning into a long-time caller, but not of Gator Kirk status, I guess, <laughs> yet. I've got a decade or so to go. Yeah. We've yeah. got three three time zones now, I guess, right? We've got Pacific, whatever, Hawaii's in, and, and Gator Kirk's in Florida, I think. Um, so I thought this was a perfect victory in a lot of ways and some lessons to possibly learn, so I'll just kind of let you guys know my thoughts, and you can agree or criticize or move on to the next caller. So I kind of thought it's great to get, obviously, the milestone of the 10-win season. We're the 25th team, I think, in FSU history to get 10 wins, so that's awesome, and that meant a lot to the team. But this game should serve as a lot of further motivation for the team. Um, Obviously, we were supposed to win and win going away, and it was a difficult win. I think that Norvell should use it as an example of how hard any victory at this level is going to be. And we're sort of turning into the team that's being chased and no longer the chaser. And that's going to require even a higher level of discipline and focus. Um, If I was an independent or first-time watcher, I would not know that Benson was clearly, I think, in all of our minds, like the number one A back. I would have thought Treshawn Ward was by far the best uh, running back today. Um, So I think that's reason, hopefully, to keep him around because he still obviously has a role in place. Wilson and Verse had great moments. Obviously, Wilson with 200 yards, but there was still a drop or two. Wilson, and likewise with Verse, he wasn't getting pressure all the time. So I think these are inclinations, hopefully, or signs that he sh- they should come back. And the defense all around, obviously, there's some need for improvement, maybe personnel, depth, and play calling. Um, likewise for Norvell on fourth down situational calls. Um, maybe some RPOs to Travis would be great. But this is Travis's team, and he's obviously showing he had a perfect game tonight, just perfect game. I might have liked it better than the Gator game just because, I don't know, his reads were awesome. So lots to learn from. Travis is showing he's special, and most importantly, the entire team going out to turn team. I thought that was really special. I've never seen that before, and it was really genuine. Norvell's clearly creating a team of culture that should make any old proud. I'm certainly proud. So happy New Year. Thanks for all you all do. Looking forward to some more uh, – transfer portals and signings and war trend coverage to come. Have a great time. Great year. Happy New Year, my man. Thank you so much. That uh, Gene, that's about a perfect call right there. I, I was going to say another unbelievable caller, Jay. That was good stuff from you, buddy. Um, yeah, there's so much to like about what we saw today. Uh, yep. I, I don't know what to add to that. Um, oh, 1,000. Yeah, we mentioned 1,000 likes. You guys are awesome, man, to getting us to 1,000. That is fantastic. We very much appreciate you for that. Ben, I'm going to hit it this time. I don't know that I've gotten a hit at this. Touchdown, episode! Touchdown, episode! That feels good right there, doesn't it? Thank you, everybody, for the likes. And Gene Deckerhoff always puts a smile on everybody's face, just like Jay did with that great call. I, I don't. I agree. I don't know that I have a ton to add. I love being able to talk about critical elements of a team after a win. It's a whole lot more fun than losing. Like I said, Jordan, I don't, I don't think we know. I mean, how often? I'm mean, Tom. You've been you've been doing this for not, not as long as me. I've been. I'm ancient, but. <laughs> Seeing, I mean, a guy. We watch these quarterbacks in college. Have you seen a quarterback from where a guy from a little over a year ago go from where he was to where he is now? In terms, of, it's one thing to be an athlete. We knew that he could run around, he can make guys miss. But the improvement in the, the processing of what he's able to do, 
it's unbelievable. That goes obviously a lot of credit to him for putting in the work to get that done, but to the, this coaching staff to help develop him. I mean, that's that's incredible in my mind that you just don't see that at any level. Yeah, the the only comp I have is not a fair one because they're different players uh, in terms of their style. But Joe Burrow had that kind of a year where he, I mean, he was an average okay, quarterback fair, yeah, for yeah. LSU the year before that he took off. But that was a confluence of a great, brilliant offensive mind. Uh, Justin Jefferson doesn't hurt that equation at all either. Uh, but he he came out of nowhere and he and he became a superstar uh, after transferring out of Ohio State. It didn't work out there. But for Jordan, it's just what he had shown that he needed to work on gene was a list of like nine things. You know, it was a long, we're not easy to pick up. It's like a lot of the, the, the conventional thinking is if you can't do that at this point, you can only improve a slight amount. You, these aren't things you can just pick up in a year by working hard and developing. You can't suddenly learn how to read defenses and process and all that stuff that that's a natural thing. No, obviously you got the right personality skill set and you got the right coaches training you and developing. You can add those skill sets. Yeah, I, I think it's also a lesson. It's a really fascinating story about confidence, mental health, and belief in a player. He went to an awful situation at Louisville. Uh, he had however many coordinators he had over his first four or five years in college, four years, uh, because of the situation at Louisville. Then he came down here before Mike Norvell got here in the first place. Then Mike's here. He's thinking about quitting the game. He's thinking about quitting football. Mm. He believed the critics that said he couldn't do these other things. That's what he, He's open about these things. So you believe in a player, he's got it in him, but then once the confidence comes back, you're seeing what he can do. And now, yes, the sky is the limit. Steven says, I was asking for Milton during uh, Notre Dame last year. Travis is balling out quickly. Interesting NFL prospect. That's something we're going to talk about next year, too. It, the, the body type is not perfectly suited to the NFL level, but the game is different. The NFL, yeah, is a lot more open. It's not yeah. like it was back in the day when I was growing up. You had to be the tall you know, guy with a strong gun sitting in the pocket and all that, man, it's changed. You've seen the guys like, like I was going to say Russell Wilson, although not so much this year, he's been crap, but you know, you can be a, you can be a shorter guy who can run around and can make plays. The other day, if you can be athletic and you can make reads and you can make throws, you can be successful in the NFL. So, I mean, I would have never thought he's an NFL prospect, but he might be keep, especially imagine if he keeps developing. I don't know if he's hit his ceiling yet. No, his his mind to make adjustments mm -hmm. pre-snap. Uh, he made one play today where he had plenty of time. Then there was a late rush because of good coverage by Oklahoma. He flushes left. And I just love seeing a quarterback who has elite ability to run, keeping his eyes downfield for a throw. You know, I just love seeing that because you're seeing the big picture. You understand mm -hmm. what what's the better play. And you're not just falling back on a preternatural gift. You're, you're doing the process is correct. So it's going to be just so much fun to watch him again next year. We now go out to Wyoming. We are checking off the box. Ooh, a lot of West Coast, man. Yeah, we're going to uh, the high country, as Jeff Cameron calls it. And we're talking to one of our favorite callers. He's uh, still relatively new, but 100 Proof Football has had some excellent. Oh, we love 100 Proof. We do. Sorry for the echo there, folks. But here comes 100 Proof Football. Go ahead, brother. What's going on, Tom and Gene? So glad to be with you guys after finally beating Oklahoma after all these years. I tell you what, I was at the Orange Bowl National Championship game when we lost that game. I was at the game in uh, Doak Campbell uh, back in Jimbo's tenure when they said it was one of the loudest of all time, rivaling the 96 Florida game. And 
damn if I'm finally glad to get that monkey off my back. I know y'all feel me on that, gentlemen. I just want to celebrate before I go into any critiques about having 10 wins. Once again, like you said, 25th 10-win season. Put it another banner in the complex, and let's roll with it. Let's get the Heisman campaign started up for JT, because guess what? We do. We do, in fact, have a national championship caliber offense. Caliber offense, because this is where I'm going. I got to say a few things because I'm so hyped about next year, the potential. There's nothing like the offseason. What the one, only thing I Spurrier ever came out of his mouth that I like was he coined the phrase talking season. And now talking season is about to begin. I can tell all my friends, Bama friends, Georgia friends, and Florida friends how we about to win the national championship next year. But I hope this damn defense don't let me down mm-hmm. next season, y'all. I know I listen to the Jeff Cameron show, the widely popular Jeff Cameron show every day. And I know that he's got a few coaches on his mind and he'd like to see replaced. I'm just curious of, uh, if, if anybody hears anything in the weeds. I guess if you did, you couldn't even tell me about it uh, happening in the offseason because you can't give up those points to this Oklahoma team. You can't do that when they have this many people opt out. I mean, everybody that said we played against uh, backup quarterbacks, all these wins, and now all these opt-outs for Oklahoma, and damn it, we still barely won it at the end. That just doesn't make you feel good going into next year when we have so much potential. But the other thing that's driving me crazy, y'all, and I said it before, <sighs> I love Norvell, but come on, baby. What's this fourth down stuff, man? <laughs> As a man that's about to turn 40 this year coming up, you can ask my wife. The worst thing I can do is to pre. And, damn, if you go on and fourth down the first quarter on your own side of the field, you pre in front of the national audience, y'all. Just all over the field, pre all over the field, and then went over. The whole game on fourth down. That's just you got to get that out of your system because guess what they did? They punted, gave OU a short field. They punted again, held us three and out. Then they punted, had the ball at midfield, and scored that second touchdown. You have to look moves ahead. You can't get caught up in the moment and being mad that you didn't get it on your own side of the field and give them that kind of uh, advantage, y'all. But I but I don't want to focus too much on it. I just hope. Norvell learns from that. Something tells me he won't because, damn, if he ain't yet. But I am pulling for these no's because we could be playoff bound. If we could get a defense, if we could hold a team to seven points less a game, we could win national championship. I know it for a fact. Hey, Trey Benson, I was looking for him. I, I pulled up my milk carton out the refrigerator wondering where he was all night, seeing if there was a missing persons report for him because everybody else but Benson was getting carries, but I guess he's trying to keep Trayshawn Ward on the roster, which why not at this point, right? So, hey, much love to you guys out there. Happy New Year. Thank you all for uh, taking my call. I love War Chant. Hey, if you got any kind of money in your stock, you're stocking from Santa Claus, y'all, don't forget War Chant's only $10. Is it still $10? Is that right? I think it is. Yeah. If not, whatever it is, it's worth the price, man. Come on, because these people are doing it all the time. I'm live on the message boards. It's the whole community. Join the whole thing. Happy New Year to you guys from Wyoming. Much love and go Knowles. Tribe up. There it is. Tribe up, man. 100 proof football. So 
Uh, always Damn that one band, uh, Ben, pull that one out. We need to make that a separate video on War Chain, man. Hunter Proof, every time he calls in, man, he is straight money, man. That you're, you're bringing it. We love it, Hunter Proof. Uh, by the way, I got a little birdie that told me that the hunt, the ten dollar deal is in effect. It will end at the end of the year. So if you are watching right now and you are not subscribed to Warchant.com, it's going to go up to I think thirty dollars, thirty dollars uh, for the same deal. So save yourself some money if you're not subscribed to Warchant. You got a couple days left at that ten dollar deal. That gets you all the way through the end of August for just ten bucks. So sign That's- up for it now. It's a great value, and this is going to be an off-season to remember. It gets you through camp. It gets you through not just spring camp, but fall camp ahead of next year. Ten bucks, guys. If you didn't jump on that $1 deal, here's your chance. It's going to be a really fun off-season at War Chain. All right, Michael. Thank you for that update there. That's awesome to hear. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Really good year. Brooke is doing some things over there. That's. Uh, I think Hunter Proof and I need to drink some Hunter Proof and talk about Mike Norvell's fourth down play calling because you know that is one thing that drives me freaking bananas. I don't get it. I just – he yeah. got lucky. He got lucky in this game that could have very easily cost you the game, but he got out of it. The upset of the night is that he's only turning 40. I would have sworn that that man is 60 years old or 55 years he's old. He's got the wisdom. Yeah, he does no have doubt. the wisdom, and he has the charisma. We love 100-proof football. We also love this fellow who is about to talk to us on Warchant TV. It's the official DMD of Warchant TV. It's Z-Chan. Zach in Thomasville. Go ahead, Zach. We are looking forward to talk to you after a 10-win season. What's going on, my guy? Oh, nothing much, Tom and Gene. Good to talk to y'all. Man, that feels good, don't it? Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it feels – oh, man, that feels good. You know, before the game, I've been thinking the last couple days, I'm like, you know, nine and four would be fine. Like, I I mean, I'd still be happy with what we did. But then after we got the 10th win, I realized how much it it really meant to me, you know, and I, and I think you could see the, the energy and excitement in Knoll nation right now is just, it's at a fever pitch. And I think had we gotten the, had we not gotten the win, I think it would have, it would have done more harm than I realized it would have because I think everybody was just, Everybody just wanted it that bad. Um, so, man, I'm just so I'm so proud of the guys. I think when they came out on the field, when Jazz got hurt, that was um, – I know somebody was cutting some onions in my house when that happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who did it, but somebody did it. But, it, <laughs> man, it, that just speaks to the heart of the team. You know, y'all, y'all been talking about it all week, the brotherhood that – and, and the fact that this team plays for each other and they love each other and they just wanted to play one more game together as a team. And, I, you know, that just speaks to that. And I, I was – and to me, that just points back to the to the Bowden days. You know, that's how Bowden was. That's how his teams were. And uh, and I think that's one of the things that we, as Florida State fans, love about Norvell is that that's the culture that he's brought back to Florida State, which is, is just fantastic. So, um, I mean, I'm so – I'm so proud of these guys. I got two things. One, so I'm going to do a new thing. Uh, my crown for the game goes to my boy Biscuit, uh, old Marquise Douglas, with his four receptions for 50 yards. Joker averaged 12 and a half yards per reception. Mm-hmm. Um, you could easily give it to Jamie Robinson too because he played lights out. But my boy Biscuit, man, he 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 showed out tonight. I loved it. I loved every every. All four receptions were just clutch. Um, so there's my crown of the game. And then a quick question. So we've been talking about it. The last caller kind of mentioned it 
what changes do you guys see that you think need to be made or should be made, whether it's in staff scheme, uh, thought process, game planning, whatever, between this year and next year to get us to that next level? Um, but I'm with 100 proof, man. I'm man. I'm so jacked for next year. I think we're competing for an ACC championship with with every possibility of. I, I think we control our own destiny, um, especially yeah. if you can get a couple key players back. But anyway, that's my question. Thank you all for an awesome season. Uh, War chant, y'all are great. All you guys, I love all y'all. Appreciate all y'all do. Um, y'all have a good night. We appreciate it, Z-Chan. Thank you very much. And uh, I like the work there on the uh, on the crown. Nice pun for the DMD. Yes. Or chance. <clears throat> uh, Gene, do you want that one first? I almost fell out of my chair. Do you want that uh, yeah. one first? Or, or go ahead. Sure, sure. I mean, first of all, yeah, Biscuit, great game. I mean, I looked at his man. I mean, four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this is you look at him, he looks like a blocking tight end, but he's got a knack for getting open i think he can be even better like you said he's with that body type he can get a little bit better at blocking he could be a big help because i think he's gonna be needed more in that aspect when you bring in these two transfers so he mentioned biscuit and i'm glad he did bring that up i mean i think look i don't realistically think there's personnel changes in the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball but i do think it's to me it's more about the jimmies and the joes improving some areas there we talk about defensive tackle two huge guys coming in Maybe Fabian comes back. So, I mean, I think that helps there. Linebacker position, you got some guys coming back. Look, there's a lot of issues. Linebackers did not play well in this game at all. The fact that Jamie Robinson had a 50,000 tackles tells you where were the linebackers. They had to be making those tackles. And I'm curious to get your take on this time because you've seen some film. I love a guy like Blake Nicholson who's coming in. I know true freshmen don't usually play. But he seems like the kind of guy physically and athletically that could come in and maybe help Florida State right away at that linebacker position. Or is there some other – to me, that's – again, defensive end, there there were some bad issues with contain. They were getting to the outside a lot. And I don't know how much of that I know. Um, our uh, Who was the senior? Warren got in a lot. He was really struggling. He just looked way too slow out there yeah. at times. Um, so, I mean, you need some help there. And I think at linebacker, at times, they they did not have a good game today. No, they need better players, um, and I think that you know the question that Coach Norvell has to ask himself is why are we failing consistently in the secondary? With you know, the, there was a, a criticism levied against Florida State in the recruitment of Conrad Hussey, who we closed on, who we closed on, and flipped him from Penn State. But Michael Langston put it on the boards that the criticism, the negative recruiting tactic against Florida State was they don't develop many defensive backs there. Like name the guy that's a blue chipper that comes in under this staff that has been bettered to a point that he's going to go get paid. And it's a legitimate question. Uh, they have developed some players, like Renardo Green is a far better version of himself than he was this last season. We didn't even think he was going to be in the rotation. He ends up being FSU's best corner. Kevin Knowles had a down year. Omarion Cooper had a down year. Akeem Dent was up and down, and Jamie Robinson got better. So I think what Coach Norvell has to ask, is this a personnel problem or is it a coaching issue? I don't know the answer to that. He His actions will tell you what he believes. Uh, but I think you need better players in the secondary. You've addressed the issue at defensive tackle. I saw Daniel Lyons got in there tonight, which I was interested to see. They've got some young bucks on the way for the defensive interior, but they, they've solved that also with some older players. We'll see if Fabian Lovett comes back as well. They need better linebackers. And Gene, to answer your question on Blake Nicholson, he's really physical. The thing I Isn't like he? about him, there are technical linebackers and then there are hitting linebackers. Blake can hit. We could have used one of those tonight. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, linebackers were all out of sorts. And you could use more help in the pass rush. Gene, this was a big wake-up call. Because the, the, the bowl game by itself, sometimes the, the results are not reliable. But when you pair it with the Florida game, and you take a look at the lines of scrimmage, it's not good enough. If you're thinking no. about ACC championship and making a run at a playoff, even the offensive line needs help. Tonight, they needed to get a yard in two situations. They couldn't do it. The first drive of the game, they're inside the five. You can't run for a touchdown in that moment. Then they got a third and one and a half. They get, you know, 18 inches. The play call was ridiculous, but I, I see your point. You're not wrong in your point. I also the play calling was ridiculous, going wide on that with Benson. Yeah, well, two. you have two chances. You got two chances to mm-hmm. pick it up. You go for it on fourth. You don't get either. You don't convert in that red zone to begin with in the game. And then the way you call it later, you call Wildcat, you score a touchdown on it because you know you can't line up and get the yard. DJ Lundy got turned away out of uh, out of the fullback dive position before. Yeah, that was the first time that didn't work all year. Correct. It's when the world knows you need a yard and you're good and the world knows you're going to run. Can you get it? And right now the answer is no. So the trenches trenches need some help. So that's where I stand on it, at least. But look, that's the difference between winning 10 games next year and making a shot, making a run at the playoff. And I think Z Chan's right, Gene. They do control their destiny next year in the sense that the LSU game is a huge poker chip in your favor. If you win that one, chances are LSU and Florida State could be vying. LSU is going to be one of the better teams in the SEC next year. Don't fool yourself. That's going to be a really good team. And you got that, like you said. Everybody loves the grandiose SEC, and they can do it all wrong. But if you got to win against them, they they this year, FSU didn't get as much credit. Go, oh, that was the first game. New coach, blah blah blah. If FSU beats them and they're ranked in the top 10, they can't take that away from FSU. FSU is going to have that, like you said, that chip all season long. So it gets down to if you lose a game, you win the ACC. You go, ah, oh, but we have that LSU chip. We yes. ought to be in there. It, the, the, it's almost like a playoff game <laughs> to start the season. It almost is. It's not Seems quite. like it. If you want to get to the playoffs, you're probably right. You probably need to win that game. Yeah. And and you need to be better at, at both lines of scrimmage in order to be able to pull that off because that's no longer a true freshman left tackle you're going to be playing <laughs> and taking advantage of next season in Orlando. But that's what's so fun about this group is they're close. They're close. They just yeah. need a few more pieces. And we'll see what Mike Norvell thinks they need to do because his vote obviously counts the most. We now go to Tallahassee. All right. We've been around the country, and we come home to the 850. For the first time on War Chant TV, it would appear, we are going to be talking to Rashad. Rashad, welcome to the program, and welcome to a 10-win season. Go ahead. Thanks, guys. So happy to be with you guys. Huge fan of War Chant. Also, just want to give a big shout-out to Tallahassee. Thank you so much, Coach Norvo, for putting us back on the map. I think it's time for Florida State uh, faithful to to get behind Coach Norville. He is obviously our guy. And congratulations to Knowles all around the country on a 10-3 and three season. We have been waiting for this for quite some time. Coach Norville has delivered it. He's our guy. Let's ride. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Thank you to Warchant. Appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. Hey, we appreciate it, Rashad. Short, sweet, to the point, but something we can all get behind. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, remember the, I remember all the media stories preseason, Tom, about oh, Norvell's on the hot seat and all that nonsense. So we knew that was crap. Yeah, we didn't. Now I don't. <clears throat> we didn't necessarily know they're going to win ten games, but we knew this administration, president, AD, boosters, everybody behind Norvell. They liked what he was doing. We saw behind the scenes he's doing things the right way. And I know a lot of fans don't always want to hear that. 
they want to see the W's. Well, he got to see the W's also this year, but there was no real threat that he was going to be fired mm-hmm. or anything. But now we have proof. You know, we're waiting for the proof, proof of concept. We've seen it now. We know he can get this team to be really freaking good. And the, and the, the nice thing is the, you know, the meteor is still going up yep. at this point. So it can be even better. So you're right. It's great. FSU's got its guy. They've been waiting. Now they need to lock this guy down. That's something we're going to talk about a lot in the offseason. Mm-hmm. My fear is if you don't lock him down to a long term and get a pretty huge buyout clause in there, what happens? Let's say he wins the ACC. He gets 11 games and goes to the playoffs, Tom. How much is it the SEC school that's going to fire a coach going to pay for Mike Norvell? We've seen it before. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it is a realistic possibility that he's going to be the hottest coach that one of these SEC schools is going to try to poach next year. Yeah, it's not just Alex Atkins you got to worry about. Yeah, yeah. you got to worry about uh, the head man, and uh, they have a lot of resources. We've documented that, too. Hopefully 2023 brings us really good news on that front. Uh, some magical uh, way out of I the think we'll hear the next couple of weeks is my little I'm hearing some buzz that it should be soon. Is that right? Okay, so, you know, without getting into too much uh, rampant speculation here, this is a topic that I, I would love to have some resolution on, Gene. Um, you have been a, a longtime proponent that the GOR is just really, really tough to get out of. Uh, you're, are you starting to change your mind? Because if you are, that's really notable. No, 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 not on a GOR. I'm just talking about Norvell. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about, no, I wish. I wish I had that. No, that Nor- I think we'll hear something on a new contract, okay. extension, yeah. Yeah. raise, uh, hopefully a nice, huge buyout, If uh, especially in the next couple yep. of years. Yep. Um, and I know that's not the thing. You got to, what they got to worry about, of course, we know who his agent is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's in his best interest for these coaches to jump around as much as possible. So that's going to, to me, everything I'm hearing, that's going to be the biggest fight is going to be, you know, putting that provision in there where he's got, if somebody comes to take him, Florida State is going to get a huge check. Mm-hmm. But, of course, Sexton is going to be like, I don't care what's in your best interest. I want that thing to be as small as possible because I want you to jump and get that $100 million deal in the SEC school next year. So I get paid twice. Yeah, uh, Sexton should be the Monopoly man. That's what he looks like in real because that's what he runs Ugh. is the the agent Monopoly in college football. But I I think Norvell's a little different. I I don't necessarily think he's the Jimbo type guy. That he's just going to go jump for the the highest payday. I think he sees yeah. he's got something good going on here. Yep. Uh, obviously he's everything's happy in the community. Seems like his family's happy here. He's got a good situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to jump at the highest bidder. But that said. Everybody has their price, so he needs to be well compensated and locked down. He strikes me as a guy that wants a pool for the staff. You know, that's what it, he strikes me as a guy who would demand money to make sure that he has every advantage that he could possibly yes. have. Support staff wise, uh, the assistant coaches, salary pool, all that stuff. I bet that'll be a part of the deal as it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Arizona, we go back out to the West. Massanol is talking to us right now. M A S A Noel. I guess that might be uh, the tag on the boards. Joins us from Arizona. Mason Knoll. Yeah, Mason. Oh, Mason Knoll. Okay. All right. So M E S A, Mason Knoll, or uh, how are we spelling it? Yep. M E S A. Yep. Makes sense. From the Mesa. Go ahead, Mason Knoll. Welcome to the program. Yeah, coming from the South, it's not Mesa, but Mesa. So, hey, uh, I played defensive end, outside linebacker in high school. And whenever I ran up to the scrimmage line, I was told to keep my inside knee up and do not let anybody get outside of you. Mm-hmm. 
Purdue is responsible in Florida State defense for outside containment. Who is? I mean, well, it's going to be the rush end uh, unless they're running a twist. And then it depends on the alignment of uh, the formation. It could be a slot corner. It could be Jamie Robinson. It could be the uh, corners. But I will tell you, I know where you're going with this. They were outflanked the entire night. They did a poor job of getting outside on offense, and then they allowed Oklahoma to run outside all night. Uh, well, I, I appreciate it was a great win for us. I appreciate the win, but it just seems like it seems like whoever has outside containment is more in, uh, interested in getting the sack and crashing down mm -hmm. rather than outside containment. And that's all I got to ask. Yeah, oh, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, Mezzanol, and uh, call back soon uh, in the new year, 2023, with Warchant. Uh, Gene, yeah, I mean, we, we discussed this a little bit, um, but, I mean, again, when you're talking about breaking contain, whether that's a quarterback scramble or a run, uh, Oklahoma's offense, this was no surprise. They like to run jet actions and sweeps and things like that, especially in the second half. Florida State was gashed to the left. Florida State was gashed mm -hmm. to the right. And then when Florida State wanted to run counter outside zone, Brent Venables schemed it up very well that we hardly ever got outside on them. Really, one of the only occasions was Trey Benson breaking a tackle in the back yeah. running for 11 yards. So, yeah, I mean, that was something that was just rotten tonight. There's that Mezzanol's correct. Well, this is something where I wish you had kind of the all 22 to look at to see kind of how what was going on there. But I guess to me, just on a grand scale looking, we've seen this happen before when Fabian Lovett's not there. When they cannot, when they're it, they're very inconsistent. You saw several times there's a huge hole in the middle, and that running back breaks through. We saw two touchdowns based on a guy just ran up the middle almost untouched. I think what happens is the defense, like you said, crashes to the middle to try to overcompensate from that, and then you lose contain on the outside. So it all yeah. one thing seems to stem from the other. So it goes back to getting Fabian hopefully coming back and these two guys coming in, and hopefully that solves some of your issues. But there's also bigger issues on the outside. Those guys need to work on that stuff, too. But I think, again, it's personnel. I think if you get better person on the middle, better person on the outside, then I think a lot of these problems go away. Now, I'll tell you another thing, too. Again, you know, we all look at the defensive line, especially if it's a four-man front, and, and you look at the end most often for contain. But sometimes it could be a slot defender or a safety or, or, you know, depending upon what the call is on the defense, it could be a corner that stays on that side because he doesn't have a man to mark. So he stays mm -hmm. there and he's responsible for the backside part of the play one player in particular who was really rough in terms of his leverage all season long was Kevin Knowles Kevin Knowles had a really hard year it's a really tough position to play in modern football slot corner but three's got to be better there was more in his game to like in his freshman season than there was this year so uh at Mezzanol, I agree with you it's something they got to clean up because these last two games whatever the opposing offense wanted to do they were able to do with pretty good consistency so um, arrow pointing down in that regard. Maybe the Jimmies and the Joes can make the big difference in the offseason. We now go to Boise, Idaho. Gene, we're Ooh, all Boise. over the country tonight. And uh, we're talking to Mike in Boise, Idaho. Mike, welcome to the program. You're talking to Gene. You're talking to Tom on Warchant Game Day's postgame show. Go ahead. Hi, Gene. Hi, Tom. It's great to talk to you. Great to Especially, talk to you. It's been, a, it's been a great season. we got two, two 10 win teams to root for this year. That's not bad. <laughs> that's that's correct yeah but, not, not too bad at all yeah what i'm what i'm really about what i'm really pleased about is that is is seeing that this team has room to grow 
it's not top, not anywhere near topped out. There's still a lot of things that can be improved, and a lot of players that they can develop. And uh, and I I think that really the sky is long. And um, as far as the recruiting, we've always got a few negative Nellies out there wringing their hands, saying, "Well, you know, these guys got that guy, or these guys got this guy." Hey, we keep winning. We keep winning like this. We're gonna we're gonna get the Timmies and the Joes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Winning uh, does legitimize you in the eyes of recruits, Mike. There's no question about that. And uh, the reputation for Florida State has been weak, and for good reason for the last five years. But that's about to change. What are you most looking forward to next year, Mike? Um, just the uh, anticipation, I, and and I know that uh, the talk is going to be about Jordan and the. Uh, and the Heisman, and and having having the chance to uh, at least a realistic chance to talk about it um, of getting to the playoffs. Well, that might be reaching too far, but I mean, why not? I mean, it yeah. it could happen. Sure. Um, and that's something we couldn't even talk about without being hauled off by the men in the white coats for the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Mike, we appreciate your time tonight. We hope you have a happy new year. Thank you for the call, and make sure to call back again. Uh, that's correct, Gene. The hype machine is going to be uh, robust next year, and it should be. If they do clean up a couple of things, then the legitimacy to be a playoff yeah. contender. And, well, there's a difference, too. We should probably strike that balance. Look, next year the field is going to be a little bit open, at least in theory. Alabama's losing its quarterback. Ohio State's losing its quarterback. TCU, uh We'll see what happens with uh, the situation at USC. If you know, Do they get enough replacements and skill positions out there? Uh, there's a lot of programs that are going to be breaking in new quarterbacks next year. Georgia, if I didn't say them, also won't have Stetson Bennett anymore. You know, When you're looking at tenured quarterbacks in Power 5 college football, I mean, Klubnik yeah. is a first-time starter to begin a year for Clemson. Florida State's going to have one of the elder statesmen, Gene, and that that's where it gets really, really interesting because – there's a difference between being a playoff team as that fourth group that's going to get blown out and then a legitimate national title contender. Usually that semifinal day has one blowout at minimum every year. So you want to go from getting to the playoff good, as in winning the ACC, to being a contender. But they've got to tighten some yeah. things that we've discussed tonight in order to be a legitimate contender to go toe-to-toe with the heavyweights. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun that we have this hype. I mean, I can't imagine we're talking about this stuff. I mean, it's something you and I were here crying you know, after that Jacksonville State game, like it was legitimately, there were some metrics that show Forest State was the worst team in the Power Five not that long ago. And here we are talking about hype for Heisman and getting into the playoffs. I and mean, it's so much fun. And I'll say one thing about the Jimmys and the Joes, and this is the last time we're going to talk about the offseason. So much has changed with NIL and the transfer portal. And I think our conceptions of, well, Florida State recruiting class was only number 18. They're just not getting the Jimmys and the Joes. Aren't the Jimmys and the Joes also who's in the transfer portal? Yeah. Because right now, according to On3, Florida State has the best incoming transfer class of anybody. And I don't think we have enough data points right now to say, you know, how does this compare to a top recruiting class right now? You know, you can look at some of the Jimbo Fisher stuff. They've had elite recruiting classes, and it's been awful. The culture's bad. It's toxic. These guys are making money. We've seen look at look at some of the schools that had the top recruiting classes the last couple of years and look at a number of those guys that have gone in the portal. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Those top recruiting classes are blowing up in their faces right now. And I want to see here's going to be a good test case, Tom. What if what if Miami up number Miami end up number three? Three or four, somewhere in there. Yep. When I asked this question, there were people that were bitching and moaning about FSU's recruiting class. And I go, Do you in the next couple of years, do you legitimately think Miami's gonna have a top five team? Yeah. Based no. on that class. Do you really think that's going to happen? You know, <laughs> I mean, yes, there you go. Exactly. I mean, yeah, not, I not- can, I can see the situation in South beach going, look, it's going to be toxic. These, these guys will be yes. buying Lamborghinis and doing, yep. you know, doing whatever, getting in trouble. And then like all these other teams that have these top classes, they're bolting out. Cause what I've seen in Miami, what they will do is they will get the hype. They'll get these guys in. And we saw it even with Van Dyke this year. The incoming recruit got more than the starting quarterback, who was a at the time, which he, we were talking about a first rounder. Obviously, that blew up in his face. He wasn't, but that shows you their mentality. They're more about the fluff and circumstances versus actually being a good team. Where Florida State is, and thank goodness for Battles End, uh, and, and you know all of them, all the NIL collectives that are doing this, they are about retaining players, bringing players back that are proven. Yep. to help that culture and then getting these transfer portal guys. And if, unless they're a one and done guy, they, they have to sit out a year. Recruits can bolt anytime they want in the portal. So it's almost an advantage to have these guys. And when you scout them, you've seen them against other college competitions. So, you know, what you're getting, we know recruits, Tom, you're, you're completely rolling the dice. A guy may be a five-star and it can completely flop when he gets here, but you know, these guys, we saw, these guys, you saw Jamie Robinson, you saw Fabian Lovett, you saw these guys, you know, they're good players when the, when you brought them in. Yeah, no, it, it makes total sense to me. I, I think you, you combine those two elements until they change the rules. If the rules remain this way, then the portal is a huge, huge part, especially when you can get multi-year guys. You know, that's the other thing is you don't always have to get graduate transfers or Juco guys who have one year anymore. You can get somebody who's a sophomore. They've used their freebie transfer. And yep. now you know that if they leave, they're leaving under the penalty of sitting out. So you don't have to re-recruit these guys over and over. I mean, I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I'm going to make an educated guess that what we heard about Sam McCall wasn't the first time that that happened behind the scenes. You know, when when he put out the social media post, then he was brought back to campus and back to practice. He actually played in the next game. 
uh, and then he left again. I'm sure that that happened more than twice. You know what I mean? I, the, the coaching world in this day and age of college football, Gene, has to re-recruit their roster every year. I mean, it's just it's when you get a transfer guy, you can sigh relief because he's here with a chip on his shoulder and he can't go anywhere else unless he graduates and completes his undergraduate. Well, or he goes Jermaine Johnson and he goes to the NFL because yep. he's so freaking good in his first year. And that's good for your program, too. So either way. It is, absolutely. We've got our final three callers here. If you're in the queue, you're good to go. Uh, but these will be the final three callers of the final War Chant Game Day postgame show of the season. It's just, it's a bittersweet thing. And uh, we're going to get to those callers in just a minute, but I'm sorry. Oh. We get the fast pass here from uh, the managing editor of WarChant.com. Stadium side in Orlando. He's Ira Chauffel. What's up, Ira? Long time no see. I'm in the bowels of the stadium. They're not letting it back. Because they have the uh, the Citrus Bowl next week, they're already working on scrapping the field. So we're gonna we're gonna do the post game wrap up in the uh, up in the mezzanine. But right but right now you're getting the uh, view from, uh, inside the bowels of the stadium. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. All right, I gotta ask you the number one thing: How many cheeses did you eat this week? <laughs> not not enough, but I got but I'm taking a couple of boxes home with me. So if you, if you need some, I could drop some off when I get to town. Hey man, those those boxes are actually cool. If there's an extra one floating around with the the two school logos, I'll I, do that. I'll do what I can do. Thanks. Go Wave ahead. to the uh, the guy. Oh, so hey, uh, t- I mean, Ira, you've been covering this beat almost as long as I have. I mean, just the I mean to get we just talked about where Florida State was not too long ago after that Jacksonville State game to where they are now, and we're talking we're talking about you know this show we've been talking about Heisman. You know, we got a Heisman contender. We're talking about ACC championships, maybe in the realm of possibilities getting in the playoffs. How far this team is coming? I know there's some warts in this game on the defensive side of the ball, but I mean, just how amazed are you how far this program has come in such a short period of time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were warts on this game and on both sides of the ball. The first half, the offense, you know, really was not all that effective against the defense that had not been good all season. But the second half was completely different. You know, the second half, the defense got four stops in the second half. One of them was a turnover. They also got a turnover on downs. They got uh, they finished with six sacks. So they made some big plays when the game was on the line, and the offense was fantastic in the second half. Um, Jordan Wilson, Johnny Wilson, um, uh, Jordan, excuse me, uh, Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson. But, you know, I think that really the big story of this game was how much adversity they overcame in terms of so many guys went down. You know, for the, most of that second half, they had the secondary, like they didn't have any starters playing in the secondary other than Jamie Robinson, and he had to move to nickel. But they had Jarquez McClellan and Shaheem um, playing in the safety. It's safety. Uh, Azaria Thomas, um, and Duke Cooper were playing corners because Jarian Jones and Renardo Green were both hurt. They had guys, uh, offensive linemen went down. So it was just one thing after another, and they just kept per- persevering. And, you know, back to your overall big-picture question, you know, I talked to Alex Atkins this week about where they were two years ago, where they were last year after the Jacksonville State game. And I asked him, you know, how did you guys stay on path? And he said, you know, really, when you're in the middle of it, you don't think of it the way everybody else thinks of it. Like everybody else is thinking of it as, oh, there's this huge mountain to climb. But when you're in it, all you're focusing on is pouring into the players and trying to help them get better. And really, that's kind of what they did. I mean, I think there's no, there hasn't been any magic formula. They just kept working and the players kept started believing. And here they are. Well, another ho-hum day for Jordan Travis, 418 passing yards, 50 rushing yards. And if, if Johnny Wilson doesn't drop that pass, he's probably got almost 500 total yards of offense. I mean, it just just 
again, what he's done, like he put this team on his back, especially you mentioned that second half. And I think I mentioned earlier, I think that first half, look, it's a bowl. We see this all the time. These teams are rusty after taking a week off, a month off. So I kind of attribute to that. But I know it's so easy to overlook what Jordan's been doing just normal nowadays. But again, just being there and seeing what he did, especially in that second half. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, also, and we've got carts going by here, so uh can get loud here for a second. But um, I'm going to walk past them as they're walking past me But uh, to speed it up. But, um, you know, the thing with uh, Jordan is, and Johnny, you know, I don't know what Oklahoma was thinking. I think they were really determined to try to sell out to stop the run, and they did a pretty good job of that. But they left Johnny on an island a lot, including sometimes on a safety. And uh, we asked him about that after the game, and he – basically said, yeah, you know, it's, it's a sign of disrespect if you're going to either just cover me man all the time or put a safety on me. And, uh, you know, man, they made him pay. And I think, you know, the reality is it could have been even more. Like you said, he dropped the one wide open. It probably would have gone for 50 yards. Uh, and there was a couple of times where I think Jordan didn't see him. And uh, But it was monster game, 200 yards. Uh, and, you know, none of the players really talked after the game about their future plans. None, nobody confirmed anybody's leaving or anything like that. But there were some encouraging comments, including by Johnny Wilson, who said, you know, we're just getting started. And Jordan uh, Travis also made some really strong comments about this isn't, I mean, as good as this is, as a team, they're just getting started. All right, I got to talk about the elephant in the room. I hate to do something negative, but I mean, obviously, people are going to look at giving up 32 points to Oklahoma that was without their big time running back, without their two tackles. Uh, in a game like this so any any feedback or something you saw or any feedback from the coaches or players what happened on that side of the ball you know not really I mean I I really don't I don't think that they were expecting to have a huge game against that offense I mean yeah they they lost um, you know their their 1300 yard rusher but the backs they brought in were all big time running backs that I think Florida State even recruited both of those guys or tried to recruit them and couldn't get them they went to Oklahoma instead um, you know, Dylan Gabriel made some fantastic plays. So, you know, yeah, they have 32 points. Oklahoma averages 34 points. Um, and when Jordan, when Dylan Gabriel plays, they average more than that. So was it a great game defensively? No. But in the second half, again, they got four stops. They got a turnover. They had six sacks. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I know I get it. Everybody's going to be mad about the defense. But I don't know what you're expecting. I mean, look at Oklahoma's games. Everybody they played all season – we're games just like this, especially uh, for Oklahoma offensively. I've got a question. It's kind of an in-the-weeds question, Ira, but uh, it, perhaps there's a simple answer. I didn't see anything that happened to Robert Scott specifically that had him come out of the game. I just was watching along with D-Rob, and I noted that Jazz was in, and then I looked to the left, and I saw, oh, wow, Darius shifted to left tackle, Darius Washington. Did you see what happened? Was there anything on the sideline, or did they have a stoppage for an injury that I missed? Uh, what was the deal with uh, Robert Scott? I think it was actually after the first touchdown drive of the second half. He, uh, one of my spies in the stands, uh, texted me. This wasn't me what sideline watching. It was a spy in the stands told me that uh, it looked like he was, it looked like he got a head injury um, at, the end of the, at the end of that first drive. And he went to the locker room and it looked like, yeah, he wasn't able to come back and play. So, um, you know, we don't know a whole lot more than that. But, yeah, man, again, that's just what I was talking about. You lose him. Um, yeah, you're already playing Darius to start the game, but then you you know you lose Jazz and Turnitin late in the game. Defensively, you lost a, lot, a bunch of guys. I mean, they just kept plugging guys in, and um, you know, I mean, it's just uh, really impressive. I mean, we've seen that from this team all year long. Guys stepping up when other guys go down, the next man up. That you know, you you know, you can never 
you don't want to have to count on that, but, man, it's really cool that they did because they just had so many guys go down in this game. All the talk before the game was about the guys Oklahoma wouldn't have, but, man, Florida State lost a ton of guys during this game and still came away with the win. The last thing I have for Ira, uh, Gene, if you don't mind, uh, did it play for you the same way it played on television, a powerful moment when the team ran out before the cart pulled away for Jazz? I was just wondering if in the stadium you could feel that because on TV that was a pretty poignant moment. Yeah, it really was. And I actually, um, you know, when I saw it, I mean, I grabbed my phone and tweeted a quick video too because I wasn't sure if TV was going to capture it because I didn't know if maybe they went to commercial. Um, but I'm glad they did. And, yeah, it was, a, it was really the first, you know, when he first went on the cart, um, three or four players went over. I think Pokey Wilson, Jamie Robinson, like three or four guys went over to him and, uh, you know, just kind of gave him a hug while he was on the cart. And then the entire team came over him. And we talked to all the players and Coach Norvell about it afterwards. And Coach Norvell said, man, this is, you know, think about a guy like Jason Turnatan. He's only been on this team for one year, but really he got here in August. He wasn't even here like a spring enrollee. He got here in August. He's been here four months. He's been in and out of the starting lineup. Uh, had started some games, got benched some games, didn't even start tonight. And then when that happened, you just saw the way the entire team, you know, it was so emotional for them. And, and uh, Treshawn Ward said, you know, I mean, you know, obviously they were probably going to win anyway, but he said when that happened, the way as emotional as they were, he's like, man, I just knew we were going to win this game for Jazz. And that was cool. And, and Mike Norvell also said that in the postgame locker room, Jazz in turn of time was in there on crutches celebrating with his teammates. So, yeah, man, it was a really cool moment. Man, that's, that's awesome. That was, yeah, TV captured it. It was a really cool moment. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, when he had, when uh, Norvell had the sideline exchange with Deuce and it got caught on TV before, and it's the same thing here. You see that. So it's great to see. Again, it gets so overused. You talk about chemistry and family and all those kind of things, but, I mean, it's legit with this team, and you, you saw firsthand of that. So that's what I ask you about, Ira, is just – and I know – when in the media, when it comes to rankings and expectations, bowl games are massively overrated because they're, they're kind of weird the way things we've been doing before. They don't really mean a whole lot at the end of the day. But for Florida State to finish winning another game to get to that 10th win, how much does it mean to this program to finish on a high note to get that 10th win to carry that momentum into the offseason? You know, Corey and I were actually arguing about it on the way down to the press to the press conference. And I think we'll probably talk about it in the wrap. Um I don't think it means a great deal from a positive standpoint, but I really think it would have made things difficult from a perception standpoint. If you lost to a six and 16 yeah. to end the regular season, it just would have taken a lot of the luster off of all the good things they did this year. The, you know, and I, man, you can make a case. This is the best possible scenario because you weren't great on defense. You weren't flawless on offense. You went to the, you had to go to the wire with a six and 16. So you shouldn't go into this off season feeling that great about yourself, but you do have 10 wins. So fans can feel good. There's plenty of things to work on. Um, you know, so and, and when Jordan Travis made his comment about we're just getting started, I've got big plans for next year. Mike Norvell jumped right in. Uh Oh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Norvell jumped right in. He goes, uh, he goes, um, he's like, Oh, and, and a lot of work too. You know, like he, he's reminding that them of that right away. Last thing I wanted to add, guys, and I tweeted this from when I was walking down. So we come out of the press conference, and I see Kenny Shaw and go over and get a hug from him. And the first thing he said was, man, that was sweet revenge. And we all know how things went yeah. for him in that Oklahoma game in 2011 in Tallahassee where Oklahoma got the win, and he got knocked into next week. 
Um, so, man, he, he enjoyed that, and it's in his hometown. So, man, this was just a, you know, when you talk big picture, you know, no, it wasn't a perfect game. But, man, this was – it's been a fun year for this fan base and, and the alumni, the former players. And this is just a cool way to end it, I think. Is Kenny still raw? He is. Uh, Kenny will always be raw. Okay. <laughs> just want to make sure. Any, I know we got the wrap coming up uh, with you and Corey. What else can we look forward to? I'm sure another stellar Corey Clark column coming. Yeah, his column, he said he's actually done. He's finishing that right now while we do this. Then we'll shoot the wrap. Uh, then I'll be writing a, a story uh, probably about uh, Jordan, Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson, really focusing on what they did tonight. Then we'll come back with plenty more coverage. Aslan's already got the videos up. You guys can watch. We had, uh, I think we got seven players, six or seven players, and Mike Norvell talked after the game. So plenty of coverage from that. And uh, I'm sure Michael will have recruiting reactions coming as well. So stay tuned to Warchant.com. We'll have plenty of coverage all weekend. Thank you, Ira. Great work, buddy. Thanks, guys. Safe travels back. And again, for all that all that coverage, man, ten dollars. It's going to be active for what do you got? A couple more days. Yep. And then it goes away. So if you are not a War Chance subscriber, man, go in there. No promo code needed. Just go and sign up for that package to get you all the way through August for ten dollars. It's an awesome deal. It's well worth it. That was worth ten bucks. That interview. Uh, Ira yeah. always puts things in perspective. I really enjoy that. And uh, Ira, I know you've signed off, but in case you lurk in the green room somewhere, happy football season, man. Yep. Happy job. New Year. Happy New Year. Did an awesome job. It's been awesome working with Ira again this season. So the final three callers we go here, and then we're going to do a quick thank you wrap-up because a lot of people have donated to the program. Mm. But we go to Nick in Tallahassee who's been waiting patiently for a little over 20 minutes. So we thank you, Nick, for your patience, and hopefully you enjoyed that report from Ira. Nick, go ahead. You're talking to the War Champ postgame show after a 10-win season. What's going on? Oh, gentlemen, it is so sweet. I just want to... Reminisce something with a, and I have a, a key question. How many football programs have hired a guy at their lowest point in the middle of a pandemic where they have to teach football over Zoom? We forget about that. And recruit, which is near impossible. Go into 0 and 4 season, <laughs> dead in the water, somehow pull out of that, rejuvenate the culture. Now we're sitting at 10 win season. How in the, I, I, I don't know. I got to cuss. But, yeah, Miami of Florida can't buy a win, and here we are with a staff that can coach players up. I didn't know that Jordan Travis could throw in the middle of the field last year. Mm-hmm. It, it just it baffles the mind. I, I love every minute of it, and nothing negative, because I was watching that defense today thinking the reinforcements are coming. Look at that portal, guys, and look at our recruits and all this energy coming. The reinforcements are coming, and we're not done yet. So I'm just I'm through the roof, man. Well, thank you, Nick. We appreciate the sentiments there. And you're right. I mean, this time last year, we had so many fundamental questions. And from 0-4, Gene, they've now gone 15-6 and since then. 15-6. and it is, un- it is unreal. I mean, if, if you're around sports at any level, doesn't matter the sport, doesn't matter the level, the turnaround what Florida State's been able to do in such a short period of time is nothing short of remarkable. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, they, here's the hope, again. I'm hoping if they – let's say they do – happen to have a great season in 2023, make it to the playoffs. Then I'm going to, you're going to hear a lot of national people going back and doing a dive into where this program was, yeah. how they were bottom dwellers, and how quickly Mike Norvell turned these guys around and how he did it and did it the right way. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's not like – this isn't like a mercenary thing with an Urban Meyer who's going to come in and get a bunch of thugs and guys are getting arrested and those kind of things and all the, the cheap, shady stuff he did. Back in the day, no, these are guys. When guys don't knock on wood, these guys don't get in trouble. 
they're very likable. You've been in press conferences, Tom. These are these are fun guys to be around. They're great. So he's doing things to go back, harp into like almost like a Bobby Bowden type of culture here, the way he's doing things. So it's so it's so easy to root for this team, not only because of what they've been able to accomplish the last year and a half, but the fact that they're just such a likable team. Well, he had a choice to make, you know, Mike Norvell did at 0-4. It could be to change course, change messaging, get more aggressive, um, focus on something else. But he stayed on message. You know, in, in that moment, after that 0-4 press conference, yeah. Corey got the great answer out of him. But he wasn't complaining about infrastructure facilities. He wasn't complaining about, um, you know, uh, people expecting too much out of him. He wasn't blaming the media. He All he said was, we're going to go back to work. Has Mike been perfect? No. But it takes a special coach to look 0-4 in the face and then go 15-6 and after that. I mean, and they were in every game last year, all eight of them, to conclude mm-hmm. the season against teams with more talent. So they stayed. he stayed the course, and I think that's why these guys love him. They were here for 0-4, the, the vast majority of them. They know what it felt like at 0-4. And here they are now. That's just got to be one hell of a ride, and I think that's a window into why these guys wanted to play an extra game if some of them were moving on to the NFL. And they said, no, I'm sticking around for one more. This has been a really rapid transformation. And Nick is correct. The reinforcements are on the way. They're about to get better. They're about to get better. I don't know if it will always feel this kumbaya in that locker room. It's hard to duplicate what they had this year, which is why it's special. But man, they're all pulling in the same direction right now. And it's a lot of fun to watch. Our penultimate caller of the night in Virginia Beach. It's Mark in Virginia Beach. This is the fifth time he's been on War Chant TV. Welcome to the program, Mark. Thanks for your patience, and go ahead. Hey, uh, no worries. I, I, I'm not in Virginia Beach. I'm uh, down here in Orlando. We just got back from the game. All right. But with my, my family. So a couple of observations. One, 10-win season does matter. I listened to the Jeff Cameron show, and your rebuttal to him, I think it did It did matter. This 10th win was um, uh, was necessary and needed, and, and – uh, you know, the whole feeling through the whole fan base. It was great walking back and driving the bus to them. The other thing is I want to give a shout to my son, Landon. It was his 13 years old, and we surprised him on Christmas, and this was his first FSU game. All right. And bonus to that, we sat behind Keen Williams and his family. Well, how did they enjoy the game? They loved it. I, I must have got... We must have got, I don't know, at least five high fives from him, at least. <laughs> and he knew, and I was watching, he knew every, he knew every uh, uh, song. He knew every, the war chant, the chop. He was totally in his, he had his lanyard, FSU lanyard hanging out of his pocket. His, his mom was, knew all the songs too. So it was, it was, it was kind of icing on the cake. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Mark, I uh, hope safe travels back home for you and uh, certainly, Happy birthday to Landon. That's special. What a first game to go to. That is uh, a very entertaining night. We didn't want it to be that close, but if you come out with a win and your first game as a, as a uh, Noel fan in person is something like that, wow, that's a hell of a birthday. I, I forgot about you. I had Hakeem to that uh, that bevy of offensive weapons there next year too. So, I mean, that's that's pretty and exciting. Being the best part is there's no pressure on him to be a stud. No. Oh. When you're rebuilding, a lot of times you, you got to put so much pressure on freshmen to make instant impact. If he's good enough, he'll play. If he's not, no worries. You know, to, to be a starter or be somebody that's in the heavy rotation. How many receivers saw the field tonight, Gene? There was a, a crap ton of them. Johnny, I'm glad to see Williamson back in there because he got he had that big breakout game and he got hurt. 
Yep. And he was back out there. He made a couple nice catches. Uh, obviously, Johnny blew up. You know, I mean, yep. poke. I mean, we saw Pokey. the end. I mean, that was the end. Of, great end for Pokey's career. Yes. Um, he yeah. showed up to the, how about that little spin move he had when they had him out of bounds. He picked up the first down. That's gutsy, man. Pokey, thank you, man. You've been Pokey has seen the Taggart years. Yep. And got through it. And he got to experience his tenth win. So that's something. I mean, he, I'm so happy for him. He goes back to the end of Jimbo. I mean, he's the yeah. bridge to a different era. He and Tamorian came in at the same time, if I if I have that correct. Yeah. And I, I I apologized to him before, but I'll apologize to Pokey again because it felt like every spring and fall camp his name would come up and then he wouldn't do anything. I was like, okay, whatever. He's good in camp. Well, he was legit from the first game this year. That LSU game was memorable for Pokey. Big game Pokey Wilson, the first mm-hmm. touchdown catch against Miami. Remember the shot play they had near midfield? And then he has a touchdown catch tonight in addition to, you're right, I love when guys don't go out of bounds and they fight for those extra yards. uh, Pokey, what a wonderful send-off and a just reward. A lot of guys left Florida State in those situations, and I don't blame them. But for those who stuck around, here it is, 10 wins. Way to go, Pokey. You saw it through like no other Nolan history, really. You saw it through. Our final caller of the night is in South Carolina, and we are talking to Doug in South Carolina. Doug, welcome to the program Thanks for being our final caller, 2022. Well, Go ahead. Hey, well, better uh, better last than not at all. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know, I'm from a different era. I was a freshman in 1964, and uh, there was somebody named Fred Bolitnikoff on that team. And at the end of the year, we made uh, the Gator Bowl game. And I went to that game. I was sitting in the end zone, and uh, I saw these goal line stance of, of our defense against the OU. And Fred Bolitnikoff set a record in that game of catching passes. And because of that game, I believe is one thing that put Florida State on a national map. Because we beat this powerhouse, the Bud Wilkinson uh, coach team, even though they had a lot of players that were declared ineligible because they had hired agents or something like that. But still, we beat them. Now we've done it again. We've, it's kind of like it's put Florida State in this 10-win season by beating OU again in this year. And it's like, uh, I believe we've got a whole lot more coming to Florida State. But that's one comment I want to make, but I want to ask a question. Do you think we might have uh, not necessarily just a team but all of this, all, all of the uh, war chant people, overestimated Florida State's team or underestimated OU uh, because they gave us a hell of a lot more than what I thought we were going to get. Mm-hmm. They, they took it to us, and they, they gave us all we could handle. And uh, isn't it poetic justice, by the way, that it was Fitzgerald after all the uh, – trouble he had at the beginning of the year and everybody's down. He's the one that kicks the winning field goal in this game. So I thought that was awesome too. Yeah. And uh, the other comment I wanted to make was what Gene was talking about as far as uh, not locking down Mike Dorvell. Mike is, is a terrific coach. He understands people. He understands the game, but he knows the psychology. He knows how to organize. And he's a, a no BS type coach. And what he tells you is, is this way. He doesn't 
lie to anybody. He says, if you're going to come here, you have to work your butt off. Mm-hmm. And he, it's, it's a, a respect to not lie to the recruit and also as, as respecting the recruit that's also showing that they recruit has to respect him for, for not lying to him. Yeah. No. We need to lock him down in a long-term contract and show him our love by doing that. If we do, I think that Mike Norvell has a character, the type of coach that would stay with us a long time. I think he's a, he's a type of coach as long as he's, he's building his, this program here and has the teams like he's had, that he's always going to be uh, in love with Florida State because he loves his team. And as long as we show him the love, he's going to love us back. And I think that that's, this is one of the issues that I feel like if, if, if reading some of the comments I've seen on the board over the years about, oh, Mark Norbell has to go and stuff like this, I'm thinking like, you guys are idiots because he is, he's the real deal. And if we're stupid enough to let him go and just try to penny at him or just give him a, a minor raise, he's going to go because that's not showing love. That's just the, the final comment I wanted to make. And uh, let you answer or make any other comments you might want to uh, give on that. Well, Doug, I appreciate it. That is a great way to wrap up the season with that yep. particular call. And let me make sure that Dean is okay now sound-wise. There we go. Um, well, we'll start with, after praising that call, Gene, the question about overestimating Florida State or underestimating Oklahoma. I would say – I would start with underestimating Oklahoma uh, because of the replacements that they had in the game, backup players at both tackles, backup running back. I think they had three offensive linemen, actually, that were different this particular game. Uh, You could look at Oklahoma two ways. They went three and seven to finish the season, three and six to finish the regular season. Um, But they were competitive with the likes of Kansas State. That game went down to the wire. They were competitive uh, in losses against Texas Tech, and, and West Virginia. And outside of the TCU and Texas losses, which were blowouts, they were destroyed by TCU and Texas. This was a pretty competitive football team uh, that brought it tonight. I think the overestimation part on Florida State was that the Florida game was a one-off in terms of the trenches. You know, they, they uh, produced 500-plus yards tonight, nearly 600 yards of offense, but they weren't as consistent at running the football, which has been their hallmark, as we've come to expect game in and game out, Gene. So that was the hard part for FSU on offense. And defensively, Oklahoma was able to run it right down our throats. Fabian Lovett or not, Gene, you can't have five-plus yards of carry. No. You're just for sack yardage. That's what Oklahoma nearly ran for 300 yards on Florida State, and they ran for over five yards of carry. So those two things are alarming. And again, when you pair it with the Florida game, you've got a trend here. Mm -hmm. Bowl games can be weird on their own. But when you pair it with the Florida game, the trenches, there's still a ways to go. We have been taught a lesson here that there is a ways to go to get from a 10-win season. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. To a legitimate 11-12 playoff contention season, I think it all starts with the toughness in the trenches. Yeah, but I, I first of all, Doug, very good call, man. I appreciate you calling in. Love the old school perspective, being an old school guy. So I love hearing that kind of stuff. You're right. Oklahoma has been. It, it's funny you brought that up, but I was thinking of the 1980 season when they played. I think it was Jamel Holloway uh, in that one. I think it was the 1981 Orange Bowl, and FSU suffered a one point loss, but there was I think Oklahoma's three or four in the nation. And that was an early Bobby Bowden team that kind of put their, you know, the nation, they put them on call that, hey, this Florida State team is pretty darn good. And obviously great things came from there. Uh, you know, and I agree. I think it was mostly mostly Oklahoma. Venables had them ready to play. And, and I ever brought up the point about Gabriel, about how well they played and how he's done offensively. They've been very good offensively when he's been in the lineup. And we saw that again tonight. He's a good quarterback. I mean, he can run. I mean, he didn't throw a ton, but he made some pretty good throws, some clutch throws on some third downs and fourth downs they needed to make. So, I mean, I give him credit for that, but your point's well taken, Tom. I mean, there are some issues in the trenches. We saw it. I think it's exacerbated when Fabian's not in there. Yeah. We see it even more. We saw it during that three-game losing streak. They were different, but you're right, the last two games, there's some issues on that uh, stopping the run. And it, it's been a problem. And I think, you know, there's some deficiencies in the secondary as well. So those things need to help. That's where you hope the portal helps. I mean, you, you're getting some guys in here instantly that are proven to some extent. We saw it. I mean, how good was Jamie Robinson when you brought him and how well did he fit? What has he that done for the defense? If you get a couple more guys like that. You might be able to and some help in the trenches. You might be able to cover up those deficiencies. So that is it. This is an aspect of it. But I think primarily Myself included, we all just kind of discarded Oklahoma. They're losing these guys. They're not there. They're six and six. They're going to roll over. No, they didn't roll over. They were they were ready to play. They've got some talent on that team. They had some. Good, they have some talent a player. Look at the recruiting classes. They're good players on that side of the ball, and they came to play today. Yeah, my thought was with the backup tackles, then you were going to be able to get to the passer enough that you were going to affect the downfield shots. Well, they it's did. Not, I mean, they got yeah. to him with six sacks. They got six. Yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't have to go and live by the pass tonight. Yeah. They run the ball right down Florida State's throats. So it's something that's got to be cleaned up. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we will take a break in just a moment. But before we do, and then we're going to come back and, and thank everybody we need to thank, mm-hmm. um, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits has supported us in the viewer chat and also the caller line all year long on Zaxby's War Chant Game Day. Our thanks to ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You know what's coming up in two days, Gene, and everybody out there. It is New Year's Eve. Go get your champagne on or whatever your beverage of choice is. Get your craft beer, man. I got this at ABC. For the big day, go to ABC. It's really easy. Order online and then park in the designated spot, pop your trunk, and they will load you up. You can even make it that painless if you don't want to go in and select and become an Access Rewards member as well because that'll get you into what is called the vault. And you big-time bourbon drinkers and and, Mm -hmm. uh, craft uh, liquor drinkers out there know what I'm talking about. If you want rare finds, join the Access Rewards program, and you can do 
just that. We are going to take one final break for 2022. We'll come back on Zaxby's War Chant Game Day, the post-game call-in show, in just a moment. Something big, something huge is taking over the world of chicken sandwiches. Zaxby's new signature sandwich with Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. Because the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. The new signature sandwich, it's taking over. And it's only at Zaxby's. Warchant.com has been the definitive home of all things FSU sports for over 20 years and is now part of On3, the next generation network. Warchant.com has the most experienced, tenured, and largest staff on the Florida State sports beat and now features innovative resources, including an NIL database that projects player value and a truly aggregated composite recruiting ranking system that will set the bar in the industry. There are no words to describe the perfect pairing of Zaxby's hand-breaded fingers and our 12 delectable sauces. But there is a sound, and that sound is mmm, mmm, mmm. The Zaxby's Chicken Finger Plate with endless sauce abilities, only at Zaxby's. We will actually have one more caller. One no, more caller. On the in, huh? Yes, well, because he's the man who makes the promos happen. We all know the promo master for the 85th time. Saw him yesterday in Orlando. For the 85th time on War Chant TV, it is Wes in the Villages that's going to be joining us in just a moment. He is on the screener line. Got to let Wes through. He, nobody yeah. cuts the promo. He's a pillar. So, uh, Terry in the screener room, my apologies. I'm just going to pull him from there and bring him up. Wes in the Villages is with us now. I took you from the uh, the screener line. Go ahead, Wes. Welcome to the program. Good to talk to you. What's up, buddy? Hey, I'm glad you made it back. I uh, It took me a while to get back to where I could call, so I won't keep you guys. Um, did anybody call that was at the game? Uh, yes, we had one caller who was sitting next to High King Williams' family. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say, uh, appreciate the year. It's been great guys. All the work, all the content. It was great seeing you, uh, Harry Buffalo. Gene, you doing okay, buddy? Gene gave you the thumbs or up. Gene not there. Oh, he's there. He gave you the thumbs up. Oh, okay. Up. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know if I was able to, I told you I'd call in and cut the promo, but I don't know if everybody's still on and listening. So I didn't know I was about to give up. Oh no, we're all here. So go have at it, my brother. We're all here. Last one of 2022. Yeah, no, everything was great. Great way to end the game. Great way to end 2022. Everybody, don't forget to hit that thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, get on that. Subscribe to WarChant.com, the best in the business of content across the board. It'll continue into 2023, only $10. Everybody be careful. Happy New Year. Go Knowles. See you next time, fellas. All right, there we go. That is Wes in the Village's great promo as always. A little slow on the trigger there to get that volume down, Gene. Hopefully everybody's ear. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we have Wes was coming in strong yeah, on that, that one. Hey, 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 Tom, I got before we go, we know we got a lot of people to thank. Thank you so much. Uh, I got a, I got a funny text from my friend John Goodson, you know, JMG Knoll. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he, he got this, I think it was on Twitter or something, but it's a great. Do you know the one thing? It was a little joke. You know, it's at what Florida State and Florida have something in common in the bowl game. You know that? Uh, let's see. They both kicked a field goal with, uh, under two minutes. Yes. They both kicked the last minute field goal. How about, Hey, look at that. Look at my man, Ben. That's awesome. There we go. You go Gators. Look at that. You got your three points. You got your last minute field goal there. 
Shutout streak. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. You put three on the board. Good stuff. Good stuff. Man, oh, man. There are so many people to thank. First of all, Gene, I just want to say thank you for another year. This show has gotten bigger and better every single year, and uh, it's a blast now to be doing it where Florida State wins more than they lose. Uh, We will do it anyway because we love the program. We love what we do at War Chant. But this has been a fun ride this year, sir. I look forward to it again next year. Uh, yeah, it's been a blast time. You, you've done, I mean, you've done yeoman's work, man, doing pregame, in-game. I mean, today you went all tilt. How many hours straight are you? Uh, we're on yeah. five and a half. You know, five. it wouldn't be that bad. The drive back, there were five car accidents. And my, you know, my oh. heart goes out to everybody out there on the turnpike in 75. Hope everybody's okay. There were five accidents on the way back. Again, I hope everybody's all right, but it took a minute to get wow. here. Um, but it is, we're not martyrs here. We are well taken care of at War Chant by the man to my yeah. right here, Gene Williams, by you, the guys with the uh, Super Chats as well, and by our great sponsors. So it is it is not just a labor of love. It's it's a dream job. So uh, even if it is a five and a half or seven and a half hour day, wow. who cares? We are talking about. But still, you, you deserve some props, Tom. Come on, people in the chat. Give him. I mean, he just, I mean, all season long, he's been grinding like this, doing the the long days, man. You you deserve it, man. You've been a great addition to War Chant. Thank you. And uh, we're blessed to have you part of the thank team. You. I appreciate that. And thank you, everybody in the chat. Again, uh, you know, just love doing this gig. Ben behind the scenes, director Ben's first season with us. Ben. We look forward to it. He's so one. quick on those drops, man. That's that's money right there. Yeah, yeah. He did his homework. He's got a couple of Oklahoma ones too, as I go through things. Oh, yes. <laughs> For the second time, finally. Uh first time since the sixties, Florida State beats Oklahoma. Wow, I didn't realize there was one from way back when. That's outstanding. Oh man. <laughs> Goodbye, Schooner. <laughs> Boomer, indeed. Uh, the Boomers remember the previous victory against uh, Oklahoma, but now the modern people, like a 100-proof football, who said uh, he, he got that monkey off of his back. Uh, this was a big like, night. Hey, hey, by the way, we need to cut – Ben, please cut that out and put that as a separate video. 100-proof needs every time he needs to be the caller, the feature caller. Yeah, he's uh, he's money in the bank every time. We had a lot of great callers tonight, too. Thank you to everybody who called this season. We appreciate you. Thank you to Terry behind the scenes who screens the calls, giving of his time. He's a null, so he mm-hmm. has to book it, even for home games, back home to make sure that he's in place to handle those parts of the operation. And uh, his support of what we do is invaluable because without him, I'd just be guessing. Who the hell am I talking to? So Terry keeps the notes and he keeps things in order there. To Zaxby's, I'm not going to do the live read. Everybody knows, pregame, postgame, no game, no. I could read it without, without actually reading. It's in here now. Zaxby's supports the program. Zaxby's supports Seminole Athletics in Tallahassee. If you go to any one of the Tallahassee area locations, your money is finding its way. It's a percentage, but it's real. Back to Florida State through booster membership, through Golden Chief booster membership. So it's just like we say with our friends at Garnet Gold. When you support these kinds of businesses, you are supporting the program. When you get into town next time, if you don't live here, choose Zaxby's for your lunch, for your tailgate, whatever it is. Zaxby's has been a fantastic sponsor for us last year, this year, and we hope. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. All right, so to the people in the Super Chats that we have to thank, Ben has them lined up for us. Matt Diaz, or Diaz, is the former baseball player, on the way back from wow. CWS. Great game. Go Knowles. Camping World Stadium. I'm thinking about uh, baseball. I was saying College World Series. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll be, he'll be coming back from the College World Series uh, this summer. 
former Nomad Diaz. Maybe it's him. Kim, thank you. My wife and I have enjoyed following you all this year and being a big part of this passionate community. Go Knowles. Kim, it was a pleasure to meet you at the Kegtacular. I hope we see each other again soon at a WarChan event. Yeah, we got it. What is the bet? Have we figured that out for next year? If a- AC- I, think, I think I set the bar at ACC Championship. We yes, need to do something. and I think it was minimum 11 wins, I think is what Corey said, too. So ACC, okay. they kind of go hand in hand, really. If yeah, you're winning yeah, 11, yeah. you're probably winning the ACC. JB, JB, say it twice. Thanks to our WarChan team for covering the Knowles so well this season. This donation is from my 13-year-old son, who, I mean, come on, young man. JB, if you bring the 13-year-old son, who's probably 14 next year, to one of our events, I'll get him food. Let's give him his money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get him some in corner pocket or wherever we meet. Thank you so much, young man. We very much appreciate it. 93, Noel Leg Sweeper. Great season. Y'all did a great job this year at WarChan. Thank you, Leg Sweeper. We appreciate you. David Mars, no message. Super sticker. Super sticker. Hope it's a good one. Thank you, David. Josh Corbs, Tommy Tom, and Gino. Hopefully, I'll be home in an hour from Delaware to talk to you guys. Sorry. Hey, that's Josh in New York. Now we know his last name, everybody. Hopefully, Long Island is treating you well, pal. It was uh, it was great to talk to you all season long. FSU Fan 93, does Fuller need better players to ramp up his schemes? I feel like he's teaching algebra geometry when he wants to teach calculus. Your thoughts? That is a thought. Well, you know, we, we agree he needs better players. I mean, that goes without saying yeah. any coach, but I think we've talked about a lot, some of the help in the trenches, secondary line. I mean, all three levels, I think there could be some help that will make him look a lot better. You know, I don't think I don't think he's the second coming of Mickey Andrews at this point, but I think things could – they can get a good enough defense mm-hmm. to win a lot of games if they can just improve the Jimmys and Joes across the board there. I agree. Uh, when they play good zone, it's a rarity, but they did it again tonight. Azaria Thomas dropped back, had a nice uh, pass deflection, nearly an interception that was in his own concept. Hopefully they get more uh, multiple in what they're capable mm-hmm. of doing next year. Travis H., say what you will about the defense, but they're about as clutch as they come. They were today, Travis. They closed the game. That was a really good trait. Go Knowles. They got the turnover when they needed it, too. Yeah, I want to bring that up, too, Tom. And I think it's three games down the last drive where they have stopped teams. Um, you know, look, I know Oklahoma had their backs against the wall. Florida did before, and I forget what the other game was. But it, there's three. There's at least three games this team and the t- other team had the ball at the end to a chance Louisville. to tie it. Yeah. yeah, a chance to tie it or win the game. And Florida State's defense came up big in those. So say what you want. Yeah, I know the old number was were not good. Like you said, giving up five yards of carry, almost 500 yards of offense, not great. Yeah. But when they needed to. They did come through because they stifled OU on that final drive. Also, that Miami game was really close. Not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Travis. Uh, oh, oh. Z-Chan, my goodness. You are too too generous, man. This is for all you guys. Gene, you have put together an all-star staff who brings top-notch yeah. content on a daily basis. Tom, love all you do. Love Corey, Ira, Jeff, Michael, and all the support staff that make what you all do possible. Love you guys. Go Knowles. September can't get here soon enough. Cheers and hear here on that, Zach. We can't wait. Cheers, Zach. Thank you, buddy. Chris Morgan, great win for our program. I can't be more proud of our team and Coach Norvell and how he is bulking and creating a building. Excuse me. My eyes are tired. Building and creating a winning culture. Truly appreciate the Warchant team, all the hard work. Thank you, Chris. We have very kind people that are a part of this operation here because uh, without you guys, we don't exist. So it's that simple. Thank you so much, Sassy Seminole. I appreciate the kind thoughts as well and that wraps it up in terms of uh, the people who have contributed to the program it means the world to us and remember <laughs> you'll break google if you search miami bowl game it won't match any documents whatsoever <laughs> one final laugh in 2022 remember uh, stay tuned to war chant tv 
This video is about to wrap, but you can go check out the channel. We have all of the press conferences from the post game. They are up there live. The war chant wrap is coming up. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a wake up war chant because tomorrow's a weekday. We'll see if Corey and Aslan cut that or if we just run the wrap. There will be a Jeff Cameron show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Jeff is booking it, as I understand. Right he's now. back tonight, right? He's probably on. He's probably in one of those traffic jams with car accidents right yeah. now. So hopefully he's, he's not involved in those. But I know him and the boys, and that was sweet that he got to take the boys to the bowl game. They got entertained tonight, and hope Jeff gets back safe. But yeah, you guys on one to three tomorrow. We will be on one to three, and of course, head over to warchant.com. While you're watching or listening to the videos, you can also get the great content. Corey's column. Ira's going to have a three, two, one coming, putting a uh, wrap on the season with his great perspective. Michael Langston with recruiting coverage and recruiting reaction, maybe some more transfer portal news and notes. We've got a cover return. I heard they're not done. I heard there could be something. The little birdie said there could be something before this uh, window closes in the next couple of weeks. That's what I'm talking about. And we'll cover it right here at Warchant TV. So from the website side, 10 bucks through August 31st. From the side on Warchant TV, hit subscribe right now. It's free. Just hit subscribe. And if you want to be alerted when we go live, hit the bell right next to it. Thank you to everybody for hitting that like button tonight too. So that does it for us. A 10 and 3 campaign. Can we improve on it next year in 2023 on the Warchant Game Day post game call in show? We'll actually stop in uh, one time between now and then, Gene, for the spring game, I'd imagine, right? So, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll have some fun with that. And don't forget PFF grades. And everyone wants to see FSU's tackle and grade uh, <laughs> tomorrow. So that should be fun. A lot of red, like I said, a lot of red, a lot of orange. But now I'll do that. I'll get up in the morning. Love to do that and crank that out for everybody. I bet that Pokey Wilson is going to have a really good grade in this game. Uh, Pokey Wilson, for all of his targets, he made the most out of what he could do. So I look forward to seeing I think Jordan will grade out pretty well, too. Just, just okay. Just okay for Jordan. So that's what we got coming up on the site. We will talk to you in this form on this show again in April. Once again, our thanks to our friends at Zaxby's for their great sponsorship all season long. For Ben behind the scenes, for Gene next to me, I am Tom. This has been Warchant Game Day's postgame call-in show. Happy Knoll year, everybody. 10 and 3. Talk to you next time. Happy New Year.